Welcome to Energy Matters, where we explore alternative health in the Pioneer Valley. I'm your host, Caroline Rutterman, and I'm a Reiki professional and intuitive in Northampton, Massachusetts. For the past nine years, I've been teaching people how to use their intuition and helping them reduce stress and anxiety. Together, we'll talk with other practitioners and learn how they bring health and healing to the Pioneer Valley. Let's do this. So welcome, John and Betsy Barlow. Hi. Hi, how are you? Hi, I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for being here. It's really great to be here. Yeah, it's our pleasure. Thanks for inviting us. It's really nice to be able to share a little bit about what's going on in the area. Absolutely. Um, so I I drive by the Heartfulness Center all the time, and I've, you know, I think a lot of times when things are in downtown Northampton, there's a little bit more visibility. But you guys have a really nice space. Well, it's it's a it's a larger nonprofit. It's an international center, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, yes. the building is uh, made up of four separate uh, sections, and we own just one fourth of it. Oh wow. So yeah, it's, we actually own a con- condominium piece of this larger building cool and it's around the back of the building so when you enter the parking lot you drive around to the back and we have a nice sign there that's specific to our center fabulous and you guys are so this the heartfulness meditation center um when we were emailing back and forth betsy you said that you'd been regulars there for 40 40 years (laughs) is that well regular meditators within the heartfulness meditation wing this center is um has been in Sunderland for since I think, 1996. Yeah, I think yeah. around 23, so 24 20 years. years. Wow. Yeah. And were you guys, um, were you organized in bringing it, opening the center in this location? Yes, we mm-hmm. were. We were, living he- we were living in Greenfield at the time. Okay. And um, we left the area probably around 2000. So we were here for the first um, several right. years. <clears throat> yeah, we lived in Greenfield from... I think 1989 to about 2000. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And then, and so during the time that we were there is when the uh, center was actually opened. Okay. What was it about Sunderland and this area that was a spark for the Heartfulness uh, Meditation Center? Uh, good question. I mean, everybody is familiar with the Pioneer Valley. And, of course. And it's, it, and it's, we, are, you know, we, are lo- we are famous and, around here. You know, ability to... <laughs> be in contact with all kinds of people and all kinds of different programs and what have you. And this seemed like it would fit in perfect for one thing. And the other thing was that because we were, we are trainers, you know, for this practice and we were living in the area, we already had people coming to our house for regular group meditations. Okay. So you're kind of doing the like more, I almost almost feel like that's a traditional style of having meditation in the West is through when you, when you have a guru or somebody that you're learning from, it's like in people's living rooms. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's how, what we did for that's many how years. We were doing it for many years. Yeah. Until <laughs> yeah. the neighbors complained about the parking in the streets. So oh. We needed to find another place. Oh, that's such a bummer. Yeah. Well, it's a bummer and yeah, it's I mean, a good thing. It just was, you know, just made traffic a little bit congested. So it was totally yeah. understandable. But then it was a good impetus for us to find a place since the you know home front was being uh, challenged in terms of number of people coming and the cars and all that. So we started looking for uh, another place to bring the group together. And um, this came up and we had enough money to buy it. So we bought the, this, the quarter of it, <clears throat> the section. It's around 2,500 feet, square feet, I think, totally. But 150 to 180 people could meditate there. Wow. 
How many? So I know you guys kind of grew out of your um, the the place that your your home that you were bringing people over. How many people at that point did you have that were regular attendees as part of the heartfulness uh, meditation? I would say there were at least 30, 35 people regularly. And uh, now there, many people have left the area. Some people have come back and, you know, things evolve and change. And right now on a local basis, there are probably 20 or 25 people who meet on Sunday morning for group meditations, which are open and free to the public. Anybody is welcome to just stop in at 845 on Sunday morning and join us for meditation. So I like the idea of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great idea. You know, it turns out that it is also the regional center. So folks from as far as like Boston or Maine that are practicing the same heartfulness will come down. And so we do have 100 people there every you know, well, what is it now? Maybe like three about or four six weeks or so, every yeah. six or eight weeks. Wow. Yeah, so it, it serves a greater purpose also, and it's nice to get together with folks, you know, who are kind of like-hearted. Yep. And so. Like-hearted. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I love that. So um, tell me a little bit about, um, and if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Valley Free Radio, 103.3 FM, Northampton. Um and you're tuning into Energy Matters, and we're here chatting with John and Betsy Barlow, um, who are uh, teachers over at the meditation teachers over at the Heartfulness Center, Meditation Center in Sunderland. So, how did how did you guys get into the heartfulness meditation specifically? Because I know I know Betsy, you have like a you have a very uh, expansive. Uh, practice in the healing arts and Mm -hmm. with energy medicine, Mm -hmm. um, doing heart math, as well as uh, the uh, Heartfulness Center. But I'm I'm really curious as to how how you both got involved in in the the heartfulness meditation itself. Mm. Hmm. Right. Um, It's a good question. And it goes way back. (laughs) It goes way back. Because, uh, you know, I actually uh, became interested in meditation first, I think, before Betsy, and then she she joined me. But um, in the beginning... You know, this is like uh, 40 some years ago. I was just wondering, like, what is my nature? You know, what am I supposed to do here? What is life about, sort of? And um, so the closest I could get was um, that maybe it had something to do with yoga. So what I ended up doing in the beginning was I got a book from the library and I started teaching myself Hatha Yoga postures. Cool. Yeah, and I, and I did it for a while. I really liked it. I got, you know, fairly good at it. But it was still not, you know, sort of bringing into my life what I was looking for. You know, there was still something missing. So then um, I had a chance to start this other practice. Um, I found out about this thing called integral yoga, um, which was Swami Satchidananda. And I started that. And it was, again, it was using the Hatha Yoga that I had learned about. But then they also had mantra, uh, mantra meditation as oh, cool. part of it. Mm-hmm. So I got a mantra and I practiced that. But the turning point for me and what really became our focus was when we when I met this teacher called Ram Chandra and Ram Chandra is from India and he was visiting the West and in 1972 he was in Stonington Connecticut on, on a trip that only you know went for a few play, a few states and I met him and that was when I really, you know, I mean, I was so impressed with this teacher. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I would look into his eyes and it would seem like I was looking into infinity. You know, mm. I mean, it was like just so special. And so then um, at, he was there for a while. And then what I learned from him was that he had the ability to 
actually transmit this spiritual um, essence energy, you know, so he could, he could transmit this um, unique divine, what we call divine energy and from the source. And so, you know, I started to experience that and I started to realize that there was something very real about it and it was starting to um, make such an impression on me that I really felt like I had to, you know, try it for as seriously and sincerely as I could. So I actually went to India the next year because he, he actually invited me saying, because he said there was a big special uh, celebration in India, in Madras, at the time it was Madras, and it was the 100th birthday of his teacher, of his guru. So they were going to have a nice celebration. Oh, cool. <clears throat> yeah, so I went to that, and it was cool. It was very cool. And I, I were probably six or 700 people, which at that time was a lot, uh, but... Um, were you the were you part of a number of Westerners that were over in Madras? Yes, exactly. There were probably, but not just from the U.S. Though there were probably more from France and more from Denmark than there were from the U.S. There were only a few of us actually from the U.S. But uh, this is a long time ago, and um, then that group he would then this teacher Ramchandra would transmit to this group, and then I really started to feel something, you know, and I started to feel like this energy is coming into me, and it was really very. Um, it was just amazing the way it was affecting me. And so, you know, then I decided I should try it, you know, like really try the practice. And because there is a, a, a recommended like morning meditation and there's a thing called cleaning where you help, you know, really kind of like remove or let go of things that you've uh, become attached to and complexities and so forth. And then you get the transmission. So I, what I found was whatever I could do on my own, it would be magnified you know, like 10 times over or 50 times over by actually receiving this energy. Well, that's what having a spiritual teacher is all about. Somebody that's a little bit more, you know, evolved in their studies and their spiritual studies. So you get to benefit from all their hard work. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, it's just like a mountain climber where yeah. they get a Sherpa or somebody to, to guide them up because yeah. they haven't been there. They want to know where to put their foot. It's the same thing with meditation. Yeah. It's great to have someone that's already done it. <laughs> So I'm curious more about when you're talking about these transmissions that was Ram Chandra, was that your... Yeah, was, that was the initial teacher. So when he was, um, when you were receiving these transmissions, was it a feeling of energy coming through? Was it an awareness of new ideas? What what was it? No, that that's a really good question. I mean, mm. um, what it is, is that um, in I, what I'm, I think anyway, and I, and this is kind of what I've been able to experience over the years is that there is in each of us this divine spark let's say in the heart you know it seems like it's i think it's in everybody and so you, you know like the transmission of this energy would sort of like go in and f find its way into that spark and sort of help it to awaken you know and so what i would experience is this like very very subtle force or energy inside that would be calming my mind down and bringing me into a deeper state of, of peace and calmness. And so that's how I could feel what was happening. That's how you understood that. That's really cool. And I, I would say another physical level experience of the transmission from my personal experience is that um, part of the process is really just allowing with the help of the transmission the you know impressions or layers or coverings over your heart or your soul to be dissolved and those coverings actually have a weight 
maybe small, but they do have a weight. So when those are released or dissolved, you feel lighter afterwards. There is a real feeling of lightness of the heart and soul. And um, it's really um, akin to vibrating at a higher level as one would when they feel happier, joyful. And so that's lovely experience. Yeah. So, Betsy, did you get to meet Ramchandra or is this sort of like pre- you know, pre know this did. one over here. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one spent a lot more time sure. <clears throat> than I did. I did meet him in, um, I think it was 1978. So we've made several trips to India. And one of the unique aspects of this particular um, uh, philosophy or practice is that there is always a living teacher or a living guide. And so with um, the initial uh, connection with Ramchandra, when he passed away in 1983, his successor was named Partasarthi Rajagopalachari, who we called Chari for short because <clears throat> it was much easier to say. And um, he passed away. And so that was a person that we both hmm. spent several decades really wow. um, knowing as our teacher. And he passed away in 2000. 14, 14, right. 15. Yeah, that's right. So then another and, teacher came. Yeah, and so the current um, teacher now is named um, Kamlesh Patel, who is known as um, Daji. And so um, is is Daji, the current teacher, um, he is runs sort of the lineage of the Heartfulness uh, Meditation Correct. Center? Correct. Right, and yeah. Definitely, and, and um, one of the, I should have added, or we could have said that there's another unique aspect of the practice, mm -hmm. which is that the, the spiritual guide is able to prepare other people to do the transmission. Cool. Yeah, so now I think there are 10,000 people across the world that are also transmitting energy in the same way that he does, except, I mean, there's not really much difference because it's source energy that comes through the, the uh, teacher or the trainer, mm -hmm. and the person who is receiving that energy can actually sort of uh, go to a higher state spiritually than the person that's doing it because we're like conduits. You know, like all, all our job is just strictly to allow this energy to flow through to somebody so they can benefit from it. Lovely. Do you do the transmissions? Yeah, Betsy and I both do. Cool. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about the, the practice? Can you kind of guide us through maybe a simple practice of what the heartfulness meditation is all about? Sure. All right. Uh, <laughs> cool. No pressure. No, no pressure. No, no. no, actually, you know, um, when you left off before, we were talking about the transmission. Yes. You know, and what it is. And let me just say one thing more about that, and then we'll talk a little bit how to get to experiencing it. Okay. Um, the the thing about the transmission is that it really is what we call source energy, and so, you know, so therefore it means it is coming from the source or the center, and um, so, and we try not to say that it's coming from God because it's too hard to explain what that means. You know, what is it? You know. On the other hand, we would say that source energy is also the energy of love. Because it it just seems like that's the 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 nature of it, you know, what, like that's what you how you respond to it, and part of that response is that if there is love in our hearts, you know, ultimately, like in the, in that spark we were talking about, when you when you actually take source energy, that love energy, and you and you pour it into the heart, the heart responds with feeling love by feeling love, 
you know, and by feeling love, it starts to feel really good. You know, it creates a whole new dynamic about who you are. It's like now you're a person who feels love in, in, in doing things, in being, you know, uh, in talking with people, in, in anything that you do. Ultimately, you can have that experience of the love that's in the heart, but, but it's more apparent. So that's one thing. Now, how, how about the practice itself? The practice is really, um, there's, there's something you can do every day. There's a morning meditation you can do. And then there's this evening cleaning that you can do. And this I'm talking about doing like on your own, in your home, some comfortable place. And the morning meditation is really meditating on the source of light in your heart. Okay. So, you know, again, it would be hard to describe exactly what that is. But we're saying that there is something there in that when we, our mind gets calm enough, we can experience it. So we have the source of light there. And we, and we just sit and wait in, in that morning meditation um, and do not worry about the thoughts that come, let them go, you know, and not be distracted by them and go back to the, the idea that there's this uh, source of light in the heart, this divine light in the heart, and go back to that. And then you just kind of wait for that experience to unfold. In the evening cleaning, we feel like any complexities and grossness that we've accumulated that day are going out the back in the form of smoke. So it's a little different. One time you're kind of waiting to experience the, the light in the divinity inside, and the other time you're trying to remove the stuff that you've become too attached to. Another way to look at that is, is in a sense, you're, you're creating space for then uh, this source energy or, or light to enter. So it's this process of creating space, and then in the morning allowing the light to enter, and that, that repetition just gradually goes deeper and deeper. Betsy, I'd love to hear some of your experiences when you're sitting in the morning meditation. Do you do this as like a regular, regular. morning practice? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me about some of the things that you have experienced or that you've witnessed when you're kind of sitting in that morning heartfulness meditation while you're, you know, kind of waiting to let like align with the light, mm. with the heart light? <laughs> what a question. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, because it runs the gamut because as humans, you know, I mean, there have been times when... I've had two little kids, and to try and sit down and meditate, you know, for any length of time. You got is three a minutes. Yeah, you right. But out of that, I learned how to really focus my attention. Mm. So you've got both sides always happening. And so it really, a lot of that just depends on what you're willing or what you're interested in putting in and then, you know, waiting for the process. And it's... Um, um, you know, meditation is, it's its so dynamic. And one of the unique aspects of, of this practice in having a living teacher all the time is that the practice itself changes. And so what I uh, do now in terms of how I start, I mean, it's basically the same, but my, um, you know, my, um, how do I say this? My relationship with it continues to evolve and change. And so I, and so over the years, it has changed a lot. And, and some days it's much more difficult to really get under the surface. And some days you just slip right down. But to feel as though I am um, a part of a greater, ex more expanded um, um, universe in that my heart, in a way, is connected. I mean, the heart really as a portal um, to a, a really expanded universe within 
that's when I feel like I've really mm. had a nice deep meditation. Mm. What is it about the heart of all our different energy centers of, you know, our our third eye chakra or our crown chakra at the top of our head, like our root, you know, like what what is it about the heart that is at the heart of <laughs> this practice? Well, um, you're you're right. There's lots of places that people put their attention in learning to meditate or in meditating. Um, but there has been a lot of research too, which Betsy can talk to more about, like the heart math research that showed how much direction the heart gives to the body and to the and it's you know even to all the systems. Now, are we talking about the the organ of the heart or the like heart center that like the energy center? Yeah, yeah, and I, I don't think you can really even separate them. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, what the Heart Math Institute has done over the last almost thirty years is um, really to begin to understand all of the ways, more and more ways that the um, heart and the mind and or brain um, interact. And in fact, one of the things that they've come to understand is that the heart actually sends um, significantly more signals to the brain than the brain sends to the heart. Hmm. And so the heart is really the, um, and the heart is responding by emotions and sending those signals to the brain, and then the brain in turn responds and tells the rest of your system how to respond. So if you're experiencing something that um, causes you to be fearful or reminds you of a betrayal or, you know, someone in your office reminds you of how frustrated you are, you immediately go into those emotions. Those emotions then send the signal to the brain, and the brain then responds by shutting down the frontal cortex and opening up the limbic brain so you go into fight or flight or whatever, and send the the hormones that are related to those. And that's why how we feel has so much to do with the emotions. by how we feel, I mean our physio- our physiology, our blood pressure, our digestive systems, because um, the hormones that are released are directly related to uh, um, what's available for us to use and function in our everyday life. And one of the things that the Heart Math Institute has has uh, discovered is that, for instance, when cortisol is released into the system, it actually takes a long time for your system to come back to normalcy once that hormone is released. So you can have, you know, a recall of an event and um, have those hormones released in your system, and then your mind can come back to normalcy, but your body isn't. Your body is still responding as if it is in a fight or flight or, you know, frustrated anxiety um, situation. So that's why they developed those techniques um, like quick coherence, uh, to really begin to instantly bring back a, um, a neutrality to your physiology and so that you have, um, can, can bring that back. It's been really, really useful in, um, um, you know, with law enforcement or those kinds of jobs where people are constantly having um, ex- more extreme situations. But, but even so, I mean, for me, I find that using 
those techniques before meditation are incredibly helpful mm. because sometimes your mind is the monkey mind, you know, it's going all over the place. And how do you settle back into your heart? It's, you know, it, they're little, simple, easy techniques to bring your focus and your awareness to the area of your heart so that um, then you can move into a deeper meditation more easily, mm-hmm. spend a little less time jumping around. Yeah. Could you, um, so it, the, the heart math, that is a, is a technique that's a little different from the heartfulness meditation. It sort of runs in tandem because it's both yeah. heart-centered. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, but the, but it's a, technically, it's a separate technique from yeah, the heartfulness. Absolutely. Okay. Right. Although you could use one before the other, it's not that they're incompatible. Mm-hmm. So I could use, you know, um, I could use a little heart math. I mean, the heart math techniques are really just a couple of minutes, so they're really meant to bring um, bring awareness and uh, focus back to the area of your heart. Mm. I um, I always keep my eyes eyes and ears out for different, you know, meditation groups mm-hmm. and you know all kinds of stuff, um, just because I love it. It's interesting to me and. Um, I think there was a, a young man who ran a group at the Forbes Library in the mm. community room downstairs, and mm. he ran a heart math group, and I really, really liked it. It was mm. the first time that anyone had asked me to try to find my own heartbeat mm. while I was mm. sitting there, and mm-hmm. I was like, I can't find my heartbeat. <laughs> I was having a really hard time finding my heartbeat, and yeah. um, and he was like, oh, we're going to do these groups regularly. And I think it was sort of maybe one of his early forays into yeah. running some of this. So, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes that can bring up some nerves and then all of a sudden you, you know, yeah. air quote, forget <laughs> to rebook things. Um, <clears throat> but I, the practice was beautiful. Mm. Uh, we're at another heart math practitioner uh, locally because yeah. I think it's it was just beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and what's also um, – useful about it is, for instance, you can get out of your meditation, you know, and you feel like you've really kind of established a nice way to begin your day, but then you get in the car and you're in a traffic jam or whatever it is, and you, you know, and you can easily just do a little bit of breathing and heart focus and bring yourself back to it because, you know, that, I mean, the heart doesn't belong to any particular practice or (laughs) religion or or anything. Everything is, um, you know, it's all, they're useful tools. Well, funny that you mentioned that when people are driving, because (laughs) we're right in the drive time right now for our listeners. Uh, Would you be open to maybe running us through a little simple heart math meditation that people can do while they're sitting in their cars, maybe stuck in traffic? Sure. Sure, I'd be glad to. Except if you are driving, you should be very safe. Yes. Careful. And don't (laughs) close your eyes. If you're stuck in traffic, it's okay. (laughs) If you're driving, um, yeah, you might want to pull off the road or something. But yeah, this uh, this is about uh, three minutes. Okay. It's really all. Perfect. Um, And once you get more comfortable with it, you can make it go as long as you want. But, you know, for the initial, three minutes is good. And um, just take a deep breath. Let your shoulders relax. And bring your attention, your awareness, to the area of your heart. If it helps to place your hand over your heart, to feel where that area is, you can do that. And then simply take a nice, easy, refreshing breath. Breathing in. and out. And now imagine that the breath is flowing into your heart area 
and let that breath swirl around the heart and then exhale from the heart area. We want to breathe a little more slowly and deeply than you usually do. And feel the breath flowing into your heart and out of your heart. And now recall a time when you felt good. A time when you felt gratitude or compassion or joy. It could be a pet or an event sitting by the ocean. And really try to feel Recall that experience so that you are experiencing that feeling. And so the key is to shift from your head to your heart. Shift from thinking about that experience to feeling that experience, that emotion in your heart. And it's really this elevated emotion that you connect to in your heart that in turn raises your vibration so you feel a little lighter. And continue to feel the breath coming in to your heart, swirling around and exhaling from your heart. Mm, I love that. It feels very good. It's exactly what I needed. <laughs> <laughs> and and what's you know, and the more you exercise this like a muscle, you know, anytime you feel like, oh yes, I can just take a minute. I'm standing in the checkout line and I got the slowest cashier. <laughs> I can breathe, you know, and that changes everything because, you know, that saying, change the way you see things and the things you see will change. And it's really, it's a tool to use to do that very thing. Mm. And to shift. Yeah, of that to shift. Cortisol, yeah. Yeah. hormone, stress. Yeah, because we reaction. have a chase mm -hmm. and a choice. And that brings us back to a neutral place and then connecting with emotion and emotion that is, you know, what they call a regenerating emotion. It really, it feeds your system positively rather than drains your system. So the more you can feed your system with a positive memory and your body doesn't know the difference between an event that happened 10 years ago or yesterday. The same thing with negative emotions. When you remember how angry you were, your body responds as if it just happened. And the same thing is true for positive emotions. So why not use them? <laughs> That's right. And, you know, my guru always says, uh, I don't know if you guys know Ama, the hugging saying. Oh, yeah. I yeah, yeah. You, might. yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, she always says that, you know, happiness is a choice. Yeah. And when you have the tools exactly. to be able to choose something different than 
being frustrated and waiting for that slow cashier at the grocery store, you know, or waiting for somebody to come over and fix that coupon error or something that's happening, you can choose to focus on something else instead of just feeding into the same thought loop or the same emotional loop. Mm. Um, So it's, it's, I I love having tools to kind of get you, get you into these different mind spaces or emotional spaces, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm. I, I think in some ways, um, it's a wonderful lead-in to, to a meditation, you know, because you're, you're ending up in your heart. You know, it's a great place to end up, and it's calm and quiet. And s- sometimes from there, you could actually do a, a meditation like we were talking about, where you would meditate on light in the heart and get transmission. All the better. Things happen more easily, mm. you know. And, um, it's, and it just... And I was thinking about heartfulness. The Institute itself... And what Betsy had said too was that, you know, it it has changed in some ways. The biggest change is that uh, it's easier to become involved in it now than it used to be. It used to be that you had to actually meet with a trainer like three days in a row for an hour. Oh wow! Yeah, and and, and consecutively, and it was really hard for people to get started. But recently, they within the last five years, it's been changed so that anybody can um, drop in at that meditation center, you know, on. Uh, Wednesday night at 6.45 or Sunday morning at 9 a.m. and just join us or with, you know, for a meditation. Sunday morning at 8.45. 8.45, yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Not your favorite time. <laughs> no, so you're ready by 9. I'm, a, I'm awake early. I just yeah. don't like to be uh, in other places other than my house and my pajamas. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's another thing we haven't talked about, but you can actually receive the transmission uh, remotely. Okay. Yeah, you can. We can arrange a time. We have an app actually, and on the app you can arrange a time to have somebody transmit to you. How can people find that app where they can get um, the remote uh, transmissions? The, the easiest way to do it is to go to heartfulness.org website. Okay. And from that website, you can get all kinds of information, and I, I'm quite sure you can download the app from the website too. Okay. Fabulous, and so you can just re- from you can kind of dig in through there through yeah. that app through yes. the heartfulness. Uh, can you say that website one more time? Yeah, it's heartfulness.org. It's h e a r t f u l n e s s heartfulness.org, and from there you can um, get information on the practice itself, like what we've been talking about, cleaning or meditation, uh, and you can also arrange it uh, to meet with a trainer, or you can do it through the app. Fabulous. Mm. So what, what do people typically experience when they're at the Heartfulness Center and they receive the transmissions from you? What are, is there anything that people have said to you over the years that really stuck with you in, in sharing their experience? Well, you know, a lot of times people don't talk <laughs> after the meditation, not because there's a rule about not talking, but because you just are interiorizing mm. the process and it's, you know, it just it slows everything down. And um, my experience is I just feel more connected with myself. You know, it's sort of like finding your own sweet spot. Mm, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Oh, that sounds so nice. <laughs> so, um, so because there are trainers who can kind of lead the meditation, one of the things when somebody comes is there's usually one person sitting in front who begins the meditation by saying, please begin meditation. And the meditation is usually about um, 40 or 45 minutes. 
And at the end of the meditation, the trainer will say, that's all. And that's it. (laughs) Sometimes they'll read something, you know, but... um, but other than that, it's really just the experience of meditation. So it's very simple. Cool. And it keeps getting deeper over time. You know, it's like any pra- thing you practice. You know, it's like in the beginning, the mind is a bit wandering, but later on it gets calmer and calmer. And then pretty soon you meditate, and within a few minutes, you're into a deeper state. I love it. I wanted to chat with you. We were chatting over the break, and, you know, I was, I was saying how... You know, when you do any kind of spiritual practice, whether it's meditation, whether it's the Hatha yoga, whether it's um, just any any of this kind of internal work, when we start looking inside, right, it starts bringing up our our stuff. You know, that's that's really common. And as long term meditators, um, as well as you know, practitioner in the healing arts, I'm really going to be a little nosy here. Um, But as our stuff is starting to come up and you guys have been doing this practice, how, how does this affect your relationship over so many years of, um, of being together um, and having these long-standing spiritual practices where, where you're also working on your own shadow sides or you know, clearing out your heart and your own spiritual hygiene? Um, I'm, I'm curious as to, yeah. John, you look like, no. I don't know. I, no, you look like you're like, don't call on me, don't call on me, don't call on me. <laughs> Well, I'll go first. No, no, no. <laughs> no, it's a really great question because one of the things we mentioned during the break was that part of being on this practice is being on a practice and being open to change. And when you're in relation to somebody else, you know, you 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 like to have a bit of a groove going where you can kind of count on how the person's going to respond in different situations. In this case, I think... That's a safety thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What we count on or what I count on with John is I I know what motivates him, what his passion is, and that is his own personal interchange. And that I'm happy as a partner to support. And uh, so there has to be an element of trust there that I feel that he also has that uh, support for me so that the changes can happen. You're not afraid to really explore and really let go of some of those coverings that were protecting something you didn't, you know, didn't want to see yourself or didn't want somebody else to see. So uh, <clears throat> I'm not afraid to, to say something. Uh, <laughs> you just had a look in your eye. You just no. Have <laughs> no, actually, I can't imagine, you know, not having had Betsy as a partner to do this with. Because, you know, I mean, it's like our whole lifetimes, we've, we've been, you know, sort of working on our own personal growth, but then sharing that with other people. I mean, we've constantly, we've both been these, uh, you know, trainers for 25, 30 years. So people have been coming to our house every night for 20 years, more or less. And so all of that stuff has to fit together. And, and it has to fit together too, in that I, I had a career, you know, in hospital administration, sort of, and retired a year, a uh, year and a half ago. And Congratulations. Betsy, thank you. And Betsy's been, you know, involved in uh, healing, energy healing and so forth. So all those things, plus the children, we have two girls, all of that has to fit together. You know, it's like you have to be able to go to work, come home, take care of the family things and, and interpersonal relationship things. But at the same time, you're meditating. And I think the meditation is what helps you to do all those things in you know, a more harmonious way or a more loving way. And so that automatically makes the, the relationship better. You know, it makes everything continue to get so I'll tell you this quick story. We were, 
and because I like this one a lot. We were in Italy two weeks ago, and we were eating lunch in a restaurant, which actually was a little bit vegan, which is interesting because Italy is, has so many other th- foods, you know. And we were sitting there, and a person came over to us, and they said, and I didn't, we didn't know this person. He was just sitting a couple tables away, and he just walked over, and he, and he stood up next to us, and he said, boy, you two look like you're really in love. Aww. Yeah, and, and she, he said, is it a special occasion? And we said, no, it's not really a special occasion. We're just happy to be here. But it's, I think it had an effect on, effect on both of us that, you know, that people would see that or feel that around, being around us that we, you know, really care about each other and appreciate each other. Hmm. As much now as ever. Yeah. And, you know, it's very interesting, too. I feel like when you resonate in the, the heart energy, that feels like being in love. Yeah. Mm. Yes. And people recognize that that because it's like when you're in love, like there's just daisies popping up around you. And it's kind Mm. of like that when you're really happy and joyful. Well, I think because we spend um, on a regular basis time connecting with our hearts in that space, whether it's heart math or meditation or whatever it is, it's much easier when there is conflict or disharmony to just sort of cut to the chase and say, I can say, you really hurt my feelings. That's what really happened. It's not that you said this or did this. You know, the, the bottom line is my feelings were hurt or I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings. It's much easier to get to that place, which can support real change in a relationship um, because you're just a little more familiar with, with going there. Yeah. My my boyfriend always says, because uh, he, he like he loves Thich uh, Nhat Hanh, mm. and he, like in his book on anger, he says, Darling, I am suffering. Can you help me? So, like, we joke, but like, it actually really helps just to say, like, yeah. darling, I am suffering. Yeah, I need yeah. your help. Yeah. And it's just cut, like you said, it just cuts to the chase. Yeah, it's like I'm feeling hurt, and that hurt my feelings. And it's just like that's beautiful. That's a really cool practice. So tell me a little bit about um, what kind of events you guys have coming up. I know that you said you have regular Wednesday and uh, and Sunday meetings. Can you kind of tell us right. what's what's happening at the at the Heartfulness Meditation Center? Yes, um, I can t- tell you about those events, and then there are regional events that we have. You know that actually, I don't know when the next one is planned for, but there will be one. And, but I wanted to um, also say something about. Um, Oh, our YouTube channel. channel. Yes, tell now, us. Recently, well, here's the thing. It's, it's called Four Friends, and then it's called um, Getting Real About Consciousness. Okay. Now, this is separate from the heartfulness. Yeah, this okay. is just Meditation what we're doing Center. on our, our So, So own. what's the YouTube channel called? Uh, it's called Getting Real About Consciousness. Getting Real About Consciousness. Okay, so yeah. that's your YouTube channel. Yes. And, and that's us just fooling around having fun. Okay. Yeah, we're, well, we're having we're fun. With our with friends. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> yeah. I love but that. It's, but it's based on Four Friends. Originally, it was called Four Friends doing this you know yeah. getting together to talk about consciousness and um that in so what happened was the, f- the we were together four of us who are friends and we were at a um a club listening to a band that we knew and one of the four friends said, well then we started just talking about uh in, in the club we started talking about spirituality and meditation all these things and so he he said this friend of ours he said well why why don't we film this why don't we you know get together do that kind of a session where it's an interactive and you're asking each other questions and you're talking about your own experience, all four of us, and we can film it and make it and have a channel. So we've been working on it for actually several months now, but we finally got it published. And uh, 
So the, there's two videos up right now, but there'll be more coming as we as we do them. And we're hoping people will like it and, and we'll, you know, Fabulous. Well, I'll make sure I, I put that link up to that um, that channel when when this episode goes up on, on my archives. So, you know, if you're just tuning in, um, you're listening to Energy Matters and um, this and all past episodes are on uh, ReikiNorthampton.com backslash radio. So you can always go back and find out more about the Heartfulness Center and catch uh, earlier parts of the episode with John and Betsy Barlow. Um, so don't feel like you you missed this or, you know, we'll, we'll link all that stuff um, on, on the ReikiNorthampton.com backslash radio page. Uh, so you can, you can have access to all of that as well. Yes. It's also on our Facebook page. Fabulous. And um, can you give a shout out to that Facebook page as well? Yeah. It's also called Getting Real About Consciousness. Fabulous. Great. Why not? Yeah. yeah why not? Why right. not? We're all curious, I think, yes. at yeah. some point. Yes. Like, you know. Um, and let's see. Is there anything that, uh, oh, in the Heartfulness Center, can you give us, let's, let's just give everyone all the information that they might be curious about now. Um, and it was the heartfulness.org uh, is, the, is the main page for the that's Heartfulness That's the international Center. page. We do have a local page, and that's Heartfulness Meditation PV which stands for Pioneer Valley, Valley.com. Okay. So heartfulnessmeditationpv.com. That's our local page. And so that'll give you uh, the directions and email address, any kind of questions you might have about that. Access. So um, let's, um, is there anything that you'd like to just kind of throw out there into the universe? We're kind of coming towards the the end of the hour. Um, Any last little tidbits that you'd like to put out into the universe? Well, I'm glad that you're doing what you're doing. Oh, thank you. First of all and foremost, because, you know, it seems to me like, um, and also we've watched it over the years where, you know, 50 years ago, if you, or 45, if you had said yoga, people would question, you know, what are you doing? What is that about? It it would always, it would seem Mm. so strange. Nowadays, of course, channeling and everything else you can imagine, like you said, extraterrestrial discussions or meditation, it's all totally up in the, you know, forefront of everything and everybody's minds. So, what I would, would say is that, you know, the, that it's partly because of the times that we live in, right? We're in a difficult time right now. It's, it's like climate change, very big deal, could change everything. And then people, the way they interact with each other, that's not so good a lot of times. So the more that we can become heart-centered, the more that we can find that love in our hearts, the more that we can get together in groups to meditate or, or even just share compassion or anything i think it's just so needed so needed right now so i'm supported 100 percent. fabulous and especially um groups getting together that are allowing the boundaries of their groups to dissolve a little bit so that there's a unity among all of these groups and philosophies that are really wanting to support change raise the vibration that doesn't really um, it doesn't really matter what you call it, you know. I was reading that quote, the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking, God, one step and another step and another step, and that's just how it goes. Yep. Fabulous. Well, thank you both so much for being on the show today. Um, I'm, I'm really grateful that you guys are here and um, that you were set up and ready to go when I walked in the door. And <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I'm really excited to um, to hopefully get a chance to, to pop over and visit you guys oh, at the Heart from the Center. Yeah, wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah, it was so great to meet you. Yes. Nice to meet you guys yeah, as well. Nice 
So be well.